One thing I like to check out each, I like words, so I like to check out each year the new words that get added to the dictionary because, as you know, language is a living thing. It's always evolving. And, and just the last couple of years, you've had Photobomb is in the dictionary now, and Merriam-Webster every year like publishes a list of what they're adding. Truther, vaping, um, binge-watching. Uh, but one that came out um, a couple of years ago that I found interesting was a word, athleisure. You've heard of an athlete. Well, there's a word now, athleisure. And athleisure is the word that represents really an industry, the apparel industry, running shoes, yoga pants, athletic attire. It represents people that love athletic attire but don't necessarily do any fitness, right? <laughs> you just want the athletic gear. For example, I got this stat on uh, yoga pants, so I thought you'd find this interesting. Um, and that's why someone put a yoga pants video on my Facebook page uh, this after, uh, right after first service. But uh, it goes, let's see, oh yeah. So this is from the New York Times. For many viewers, uh, wearers, the athletic part of athleisure remains aspirational. Uh, for example, sales of yoga clothes increased 10 times as much as actual participation in yoga classes. So there you go, athleisure. Um, and, and so for a lot of Americans, it's, it's a look more than a lifestyle. It's like, I don't actually want to diet or go work out, but I do like those yoga pants. So I'm going to wear those around. And I don't know how, what you're thinking about today, but a lot of people are thinking maybe New Year's resolution, things that you want to start doing in 2018, or maybe some things you want to stop doing, leave behind back in 2017. Uh, but I would challenge you this morning to take, uh, instead of thinking about, um, I mean, fitness is great and all that, but, but let's take that into the spiritual realm and talk about what do you want to do differently in 2018 spiritually, and I hope that one of your goals is to go deeper with Jesus. I mean, we're doing this right it on our hearts where we're going to be memorizing script. That could be part of it. Uh, but I hope you want to go deeper in your walk with Jesus. Uh, truly be a disciple and think about listening to the Lord this year and what it is that he wants for you to do or not do for that matter. I was thinking back as I was writing the lesson for today. Uh, it wasn't too long ago. Isla and I took a trip out to sunny Southern California, good image for today, I think. Uh, we were headed out to sunny Southern California, going to the Pepperdine Lectureships, uh, landed in LAX, uh, went to get our rental car, Hertz, I think, and, and got there, and I mean, it was sexy, the car that we got. We got a Ford Taurus. Don't know if you've heard of that one, but it is kind of a supercar. Um, so we got our Ford Taurus, but it had a couple of cool things in it. It wasn't all that sexy, but it had, it had satellite radio. We've never had satellite radio. It had, um, it had the dual climate control system. You know, it's pretty cool. And I don't know about you, but a lot of us married couples, I think, could say God tends to put the, the person who's always cold together with the person who's always hot. Okay? Uh, like, I'm the one who always likes it to be a little bit cooler. You know, let's turn on the ceiling fan at night. Let's drop the uh, thermostat a little bit at night. My wife always thinks it is way too cold, so she is, like, bundled up. So this seemed perfect. Dual climate control. Everybody's happy. I get to set the temperature on my side of the... By the way, just for reference, I think the dual climate control works better in cars that are larger than a Ford Taurus. Just going to put that out there. So I'm setting mine down a little cooler, like to 72. She's up at 77. But after a while, her warmer air began to mix with my cooler air. 
So what did I do? Of course, I, I went to my control, dropped it down a little lower. She uh, responded by raising hers up a little higher. And so we're just kind of doing this game where eventually I was down at like 65 and she was up at max heat, okay? And by the way, I've been told like by meteorologists that like tornadoes are caused by warm and cold air. So I was a little worried like that we would have an indoor tornado. But we're finding it out. And in the end, as you might imagine, nobody was happy. We were both miserable. And I began to question that whole notion of the dual climate control, kind of like I would question you putting a space heater and an air conditioning unit in your bedroom at night and running them at the same time. It just doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me, but some people say it works well in, say, a Suburban or a Tahoe to have that. But I can tell you, it does not work well in the Taurus. I'm, I'm thinking, though, about discipleship this morning. Isn't it an easy thing, kind of like with athleisure, I want the look of athleticism without the actual work. Um, doesn't that happen spiritually sometimes? Like, uh, I want, I'm a Christian, uh, Jesus is my Lord, but I do have a control over here, right? I mean, Jesus gets to make some decisions over here, but I'm going to retain some control over here. Um, he can be Lord most of the time or part of the time and all of the time. And like I said, what I want to call you today, that's obviously not what Jesus had in mind when he died for you on the cross and when he gave you his Holy Spirit. And so I want to challenge you to go deeper this year and really surrender that control that you've been holding on to and see what the Lord will do with your life in a year when he is truly able to reign in your life and in our church family here at Preston Crest. Um, now, what I will say this, um, I don't know what's going to happen in 2018 for you, what your plans are, or what life is going to throw at you. Um, what we can pretty much be sure about is there will be change. There will be challenges. Why? Because there are changes every year, and there are challenges every year. Um, the cool thing is when you're a follower of Jesus... He becomes your anchor point. And no matter what the waves and the tides are doing, your anchor point is fixed. Jesus isn't going anywhere. His love for you isn't changing. His power isn't changing. His grace for you isn't changing. As Hebrews 13, 8 says, and you probably know this verse, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Your anchor is not changing. So whatever happens this year with your health, with your finances, with your family, uh, with your personal goals, with your sports team, all right? Whatever happens, anchor in Jesus. Anchor in the one who isn't going anywhere, the one who isn't changing. Um, well, when it comes to our journey of faith, and it comes to like, changes. Think about the first century with me for a moment. Just kind of journey back with me. Did any generation, I mean, I think about all the technology and the things that are happening, but, but did any generation see as much change as those disciples in the first, a guy like Peter in the first century? I mean, within his lifetime, uh, in fact, honestly, within just about a 30 to 35 year window, he saw God being born into the world, like the incarnation of God, God walking among us. He saw that in his lifetime. In fact, so important was that event that around the world a week ago, people celebrated that. It's called Christmas. 
So important was this incarnation and then that life, uh, 30 to 33 years, ending in a death, burial, and resurrection. So, so momentous was that that all of our calendars, all of history is divided into B.C. and A.D. revolving around the life of this person, Jesus, the incarnation of God. Within his lifetime, within those 30 to 35 year window there, Peter saw the gift of the Holy Spirit poured out. He gives this sermon right at Pentecost, Acts chapter 2. And the Holy Spirit is poured out. And this had been prophesied about for centuries. He was there, man. He gave this sermon and saw that happen. And how, wow, I don't even have words for that. That now God is dwelling within his people. The Holy Spirit lives. In fact, our bodies are temples. All of that happens within this guy's lifetime. It's, it's really incredible the change that he witnessed. But Peter wasn't always, like some of us, like me, Peter wasn't always comfortable with the climate, Jesus said. Uh, Peter wasn't always uh, at ease with the changes that he was experiencing. Like one time... He was, uh, Jesus had died, buried, resurrected, all this stuff. And, and, and after that, Jesus, uh, Peter was hanging out at the house of a friend there on the coast in a city called Joppa. He was on the roof on the terrace there by the, by the sea. He had this dream. He had this vision. And it was the Lord, and it was vivid. It was like Jesus was there. And he had this dream, and without getting into all the details about kill and eat and unclean foods and clean foods, the message was, was God is going to reach beyond his special people, Israel, and God is going to reach out to Gentiles. The gospel, the message of hope, is for all people. And Peter was, that was a disturbing vision. I mean, up to that point in history, God's, God's relationship was special to this one group of people, to the Jewish people, the chosen people. And he is being asked for the first time to do something totally new, to be open to sharing that message with everyone. And, G and Peter was a little disturbed by that. In fact, I would call this the remedial discipleship class because you remember how many times uh, Peter had to repeat the class? Three times. Got the vision once, didn't get it. Jesus gave the vision again, didn't get it. Third time, eh, sort of got it. It was, by the way, if Jesus is your Lord, he should be able to make you say, huh, sometimes. Right? I mean, he should be able to, to surprise you. He is alive. He is all-knowing, all-powerful. He's not going to be completely predictable to folks like us. And Peter certainly had one of those moments of, huh? But as he's up there on the roof thinking about the vision, right then, ding-dong, the doorbell rings downstairs. Or maybe, the, maybe they didn't have doorbells in the first century, so knock on the door, right? And it's incredible as Peter finds these people from Caesarea that are coming from the home of a Roman centurion named Cornelius. And Jesus has been orchestrating this whole thing. Vision for Peter on the rooftop. Vision for Cornelius up north along the same seashore up in Caesarea. And these men are saying, hey, Peter, 
Our master, Cornelius, Roman soldier, had this vision, and, and, and he was told to come seek you to come to his home. Peter said, okay. I mean, it's pretty hard to deny that God is at work in that. He says, okay, grabs a couple of Jewish brothers to go with him to kind of witness this because it, it really things like this really haven't happened before. I mean, this was against Peter's religion to fellowship with a Gentile, to break bread, with the, to go into the home of a Gentile, but, but he goes. And when he gets there, it's interesting. He kind of gives this disclaimer he comes into this crowded home of, of Cornelius. And remember, Peter's being... This may not seem so stretchy or so dramatic or so wow or so disturbing to us, but to him it was. I mean, you're going to go talk to a Gentile about Jesus, but it's a Roman soldier. I mean, the Romans were the occupying force. They were the enemy. And Peter, you're going to go to Caesarea. Think about that. Caesarea, Caesarville. Caesar town, Caesar city. I want you to go there and I want you to help a, a Gentile, just a, a Roman military officer, help him with his faith. Help him grow a little closer to the Lord. So it was a stretch. And Peter lets them know from the beginning that it was a stretch. Acts chapter 10, verse 27. Peter went inside and found a large gathering of people. He said to them, here's his disclaimer, he said to them, you are well aware that it is against our law, okay? I am breaking the law. It is against our law for a Jew to associate with a Gentile or visit him, okay? Again, God is doing something totally new. But he says, God has shown me that I should not call any man clean or impure or unclean. So, Peter, I'm here because God made me come here, is basically what he says. And then you know the story. He begins to preach. He begins to talk about Jesus. He tells the story of the incarnation. He tells the story of this perfect life. He tells the story of Jesus giving himself on a Roman cross... For all of mankind, for our salvation, how he was murdered, but three days later he raised from death to life. And guess what? The Holy Spirit was at work in that just as he was in the vision. And Cornelius says, I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to be baptized into Christ. I want to be a disciple. His wife says that. Everybody there responds to the message. And in this large gathering, all of these people become disciples, all of these Gentile people, all of these Roman people. It's amazing what, what can happen when we start saying yes to Jesus. When we start letting the Lord surprise us, stretch us, maybe make us a little uncomfortable. When we, when we take our hands off that climate control and let Him control the climate. It's amazing what He can do. And there are people today in this zip code and surrounding area that still need the gospel. Amen? Amen. We have neighbors. We have co-workers. We have schoolmates. We have people all around us who still need this gospel. And I believe the Spirit of God is at work today just as He was in the first century. He's calling us to go, and He's speaking to them too. He's trying to bring us together.
to get us into neighborhoods around us and share the message of Jesus, to get us around dining room tables together with lost people and share the gospel, to get us talking to folks at school and at our workplace about Jesus. And we do a lot of good work. I mean, Mitchell's here this morning from Scotland doing great work up in Falkirk, I mean, in, in Sterling. And we do a lot of great work all around the world. But let's not forget, this is our mission field, right? I mean, Jesus put you here. He put us here. This is our mission field. So we want to keep doing good work, but we want to do work also in our mission field here. The, alter the alternative to that, and that may stretch us a little bit sometimes. That may make us a little uncomfortable. But the alternative to that, and it's an alternative open. It was open to Peter, and it's open to us. The alternative is to say to Jesus, no thanks. I, I don't think so. Heard the call, heard it again, heard it again. I'm out. I don't think we want to do that. I really believe that, I mean, we're here today, and, 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 and it says something about it. I mean, we're, we're writing it on our hearts. We're writing the word of the Lord on our hearts this year as we start 2018. And I think we want to say yes to Jesus. I think we want to experience his power, his resurrection power at life. And so no thanks is not, is not really an option for us. So, I mean, anybody can say no thanks to God. I'm going to keep myself comfortable, keep the temperature in here just right for me. But that's not the path you choose when you call Jesus Lord. Amen? That's not the path you choose. Um, so it was uncomfortable for Peter, just like it is for us sometimes. Um, a lot of things like this happen to Peter. A lot of these uncomfortable moments where this decision of lordship, there was a little bit of a wrestling match between Peter and his lord. Like the night that Jesus was arrested. That very night, before Jesus was arrested, Jesus told Peter, remember what he told him? He said, hey Peter, you're going to deny me tonight. And remember what Peter said? Peter said, no way, Lord. Which is kind of a contradiction, right? Um, no way, Lord. That's not going to happen. In fact, I'll die for you, Jesus. And Peter, and, and Jesus said, before the cock crows, you will deny me three times. And yes, that very night, Jesus denied him one, two, three times. And the rooster crowed. That was uncomfortable. But as, as Mitchell shared with us, there was a restoration after that, a coming back together. There was that time that, that Peter made this really courageous decision to follow Jesus and then kind of lost his nerve. Remember when there was that... that that storm on the Sea of Galilee and, and all of that and, and, uh, P and Jesus comes walking toward the boat and, and the, the disciples are in there and, and they see Jesus walking toward the boat and, and Peter decides he's going to step out on faith, step out on the water. Actually, I can't remember if there was a storm that night. I may be putting two, two Sea of Galilee stories together. Anyways, you get the idea. So Peter climbs out of the boat and starts walking on the water. Wow! Then loses his faith and sinks, and Jesus has to rescue him. That was uncomfortable. There was this moment where Peter had to be convinced by Jesus. There was another to, to go and share the faith with Gentiles. There was another moment later on in Galatia where Paul and Peter had a little confrontation about this same sort of thing where Peter didn't want to sit down and break and have dinner with the Gentile Christians in Galatia. And Paul had to call him out a little bit. But here's the thing. And this is why I love Peter. And this is why I think so many of us identify with him. He was not perfect. He was 
far from... Peter had plenty of rough edges. But Peter was growing. That's what I like. Each year that went by, Peter grew a little bit. I mean, we're all at different places on our faith journeys. We all move on our faith journeys, and Peter decided to move closer and closer to Jesus, more and more under the lordship of Jesus Christ. And, and that's what enabled God to do such powerful, powerful things through him. Peter wasn't perfect, but he made, really did, he made Jesus CEO of his life. Peter resigned the post and said, Lord, you are going to operate my life from here on out. And it would be easy for us. I don't, I don't know what your personal journey has been. Uh, I know a little bit about our journey here, 45 years or so at Preston Crest. It would be easy for us to just kind of remember all of the great highlight real moments. I mean, just think about this church, how it's grown since day, exponentially since day one. Now we've got mission works all over the world and all this amazing stuff. It's a $4 million budget and all this, and baptisms, you know, going on all the time and stuff. It's really exciting. And it would be, it would be easy just to kind of celebrate and think our best days are probably behind us until you remember Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. In other words, tomorrow, he's the same Lord, same power, same amazing, incredible, mind-blowing ability to work through people like us. So maybe he's not done with us. In fact, I'm sure he's not. Maybe Jesus is just getting started. Think about Abraham. 75 years old when he figured out God was just getting started with him. What about Moses, middle-aged man, when he realized God was just burning bush, God was just getting started with him, and maybe God is just getting started with you. So the challenge is to lean into Jesus, is to tie into that anchor and recognize his lordship and let go of that control. Let him be your king, your lord, your savior. So what's next for you? What's coming up in 2018? Uh, you know better than I do. You've probably got some plans laid out. Truth is, we don't really know what's going to happen. We can make our plans, but God kind of laughs at our plans sometimes. But probably, probably what needs to happen is not for you to get on your knees and ask God to bless your plans for 2018, but for you to get on your knees, for us to get on our knees and let God join us to his plans. Ask him to, to show us what he's up to in our neighborhoods, in our city, and to ask him to allow us to join him in that. One more passage this morning, and we'll close out. This is a word inspired by the Holy Spirit, and I think it's for this moment uh, today, among other moments, but I think it's just perfect for this morning. So this is Philippians, Philippians chapter 1, verse 6. I am certain that God, who began the good work within you, will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. Let me share that again. I'm certain that God, who
who began the good work in you will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. God is not done with you. He is not done with us. And so we step out in faith. We pray for great things. We pray for the Lord through His Spirit to reveal to us what's next. We pray for Him as we start into 2018. We pray for Him to speak to us through our time in the Word and through this Write It on Our Hearts initiative. Speak to us. Master, show us your will. And let us join you in that. If you need to place your faith in Jesus this morning, be baptized into Christ, this would be a great day to do that. The water is warm, I promise. Um, maybe you just need prayers this morning about something you want to leave behind in 2017. Or maybe you want to pray for God's help with something you want to embrace or do differently or see happen in 2018. Let's respond together as we stand together and worship.